Welcome to the Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Your host, Sue Meyer, is a Catholic wife and homeschool mom of 11. She shares her knowledge of the study of natural alternative medicine with you. While this show is not intended to diagnose or name any disease, through her experience, Sue will share helpful information to help you further your study into the amazing world of homeopathy. And now, here's your host, Sue Meyer. Hello, and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. I'm Sue Meyer. Today we're talking about a homeopathic remedy that, well, it's in my new book, um, but I talk about it all the time in all my podcasts. Actually, I talk about it in herbal form as a tincture. And this remedy is called Lobelia. I love this remedy and I want everyone to understand it. You've heard me talk about this on several podcasts. Uh, I don't know. Whenever we talk about the cough or a cough, we always talk about Lobelia. There are several, several Lobelia remedies. The one that we're talking about is Lobelia inflata. This, actually John H. Clark writes about it in quite, uh, quite a bit. Kent does not mention it in his lectures on materia, homeopathic materia medica, but like I said, John H. Clark does. This remedy, like I said, is very, it was very well proven. It's known as Indian tobacco. Like I said, it's, it's an amazing, amazing remedy. It has such an affinity for the lungs that, like I said, it's, we just need to talk about it. This remedy also, like tobacco, which is also a tobacco remedy, it tends to produce the intense nausea and vomiting with great prostration. There's a sense of pressure or weight in the chest. Better walking around tends to have faintness and weakness in the epigastrum. The esophagus feels contracted from below upward as if a lump or a heavy load is in the stomach. Extreme nausea. Nausea with prickling of the skin. Morning sickness. It's an amazing morning sickness remedy which may suddenly disappear just by having a little bit of food or drink. There is anxiety about the health. Well, anyone would be anxious about their health if they had that kind of nausea, right? <laughs> I won't even go into a lot of the stories that, that John H. Clark writes about this remedy. He There's many, many, many pages with many, many stories about how it cured this person or that person especially women, expectant women, persons who have trouble vomiting, keeping food down, the headache that is very frequently verified as like dull, heavy pain, passing around the forehead from one temple to the other, immediately above the eyebrows, headache, falling, intoxication. It's a great remedy for all of those types of situations. Obviously, he had a lot of experience with this remedy because he tells story after story about this remedy. And these are just, like I said, this remedy in and of itself is, um, I use it, with, I tend to use it in low potencies because it's always for persons that have like really physical issues. And I like to use lower potencies for physical issues. I'm trying to find here where the potencies that John H. Clark uses. And again, he was in favor of low potencies as well. Very rarely did John H. Clark go above a 3C. And when I say 3C, that's, you know, one, he would give a higher potency on rare occasions, but, you know, 3C and below, and that was his thing. He just used them. I do know that Lobelia 
has um, we call we know we call it a vasomotor stimulant. In other words, it has a huge effect upon the respiration and and the stomach. A vasomotor uh, stimulant causing or relating to the constriction or dilation of blood vessels. It's, it's great for persons inclined to fleshy or weak lungs. Um, those who have, you know, are suffering the effects of alcohol, tea, tobacco, or smoke inhalation. Those who have nausea, vomiting, gastric headache with that weight in their chest or in their stomach area, extreme nausea. The morning sickness, like I said, is, is the kind of morning sickness that does go away when they have a little bit of food or drink. With the lungs and then um, there can be an asthma. Asthma preceded by prickling all over the body, hyperventilation, respiratory distress, even cyanosis. But the lungs are clear, so they are functioning normally. So it's very, it's a very, I want to say mental, but it's a psychogenic type of dyspnea also. They'll, they'll have shortness of breath. And it's all because usually there's there's some sort of mental distress with it as well, whether it be you know, a shock type situation or an emotional trauma, this type of asthma can come on. Of course, we know that most asthma is brought on by some sort of shock or emotional trauma anyway. So, you know, even babies that were born to parents, you know, born with in an asthmatic state, you know, what was going on during the pregnancy? Obviously, uh, a lot of people are exposed to some sort of toxin that throws them into an asthmatic state. Well, that toxin has affected them in their lungs. The lungs are the seat of emotion. And so that's their weak spot. If, if they're extremely emotional, that's where it's going to hit them. And, you know, when people say, oh, you know, what are you talking about? It's, it's emotion or, you know, shock. They, they think it's some, that I'm insinuating that there's some sort of, you know, weakness in them. And I'm not insinuating anything other than that there probably is just a physical weakness in the lungs. And that, so that's where that emotion is going to head. So, like I said, the lungs are the seat of emotion. The kidneys, all emotion runs through the kidney meridian, but the lungs are our breath. They are our life. They, they are everything when it comes to emotion. If an emotion is strong enough, we will actually stop breathing. If, whether it be fright or love or anger, the first thing we're going to do is stop breathing. And that can affect everything in our world, right? And it's just like I, you know, people say, oh, my gosh, Sue, how do you remember all this stuff? Homeopathy is so confusing. <laughs> I'm like, you know, really it isn't. Because as complex as the human body seems to be as well, that's pretty simple, too. We just have to remember that, yes, God is, he's so intelligent that he gives us math that even the greatest mathematicians still are perplexed by. All, everything is order and operations, and it all makes exact sense over and over and over again. It doesn't matter what they're talking about. It all makes sense. Everything in nature makes sense. Every tree, every flower, every blade of grass, the soil that it grows in, the sky, our atmosphere, the way the, it rains, the way that you know, H2O2 is made in the ozone and, and rains down to clean the bacteria out of the sky. Everything makes such perfect sense. And it's always consistent. 
There are no contradictions in nature. None. None. You're not going to find a single contradiction, something that doesn't make sense. Why is this here? It doesn't make sense. No. Everything makes sense as long as God put it there and it's something that God did. It's the GMO nowadays that doesn't make sense. That's because even in the Bible, God said, eat seed, those with seed of like kind. Okay. He didn't say go out and make GMO and, and, and have a heyday. No, he said of like kind. And so everything he does makes sense. So even when we come down to the human body, everything makes sense. We suffer from our own mistakes. And I have found, you know, I've lived quite a few years here now. <laughs> and it didn't take me too many years to figure out that for everything we do, everything we say, all of our ill will against others or all of our kind deeds for others, it doesn't matter. Well, first of all, the good deeds we do for others, hmm, God will not be outdone. He will make sure that that comes back to you a hundredfold. All of the ill will, all the ill deeds that we do, whether they be premeditated or, you know, kind of unintentional. I won't say everything we do that's that's like, you know, not good is not necessarily unintentional. It's just we just don't think about it and we, we, we have moments of selfishness and we do things that we want to regret later. But the point is, is everything that we experience, everything we do, we will suffer. We will be allowed to suffer in order to understand what it was, that how we affected someone else. I'm not saying that it's we're going to like, you know, have all these terrible diseases because of something, but we will have a moment in time to recognize our own ill deed. That's just the way God works. He wants no contradictions. He wants everybody to understand their ramifications, their how they reflected upon another person. And like I said, it may be something big, it may be something small, but we'll all have that moment in time to understand our cruelness or our ill attention to others for just that, that brief moment. If that's all it takes, and that might be all it takes to teach us a lesson, I don't know. And so the thing is, is everything in our life as well, everything that our mind experiences, whether it be frailty, courage, fright, you know, loss, everything that we experience, it has that moment in time where it reflects upon our body. And depending upon our needs or our weaknesses, it's either going to come and go away right away because we've learned our quick lesson or we've learned how to deal with that or we've learned how to offer it up and give it back to God and say, okay, Lord, this is yours. Doesn't matter. Every single thing that we experience reflects upon our body if we have a healthy mind. And so if we don't get rid of it right away, it can actually become the seat of disease. Okay. <laughs> if we, if we want to continue to dwell on a, on a loss or a fright or an emotion or something of the kind, like I said, that will leave the mind, reflect upon the body and become our seat of disease. Like like myself, you guys all know that I'm an angry person. <laughs> People say, no, you're always happy. Are you kidding? There's a flip side to every coin, folks, okay? <laughs> when I, I just laugh because I don't care if I spill milk. I don't. I remember when we were raising kids, all right? One of my daughters, <laughs> every single meal, 
I mean, I have all these little kids, right? Every single meal, this particular daughter, I won't mention her by name because she just looks at me and she, the tears would well up in her eyes. No crying. Just, I'm sorry, mommy. She would spill milk every single meal. <laughs> Run all over everything. And, and she just, like, she'd just look up at me. I'm sorry, mommy. And I would get angry. You know, I don't, I don't think I really like, screamed at her or anything, but I would just go, ah, every meal. My husband say, honey, don't worry about it. It's just spilt milk. And I would think, why do you say things? It's not even funny. You've got to teach this kid to stop spilling milk. <laughs> and anyway, I actually, okay, I fixed the problem. I started using coffee cups, all right? So coffee cups have a nice square bottom. I went to the thread shed or, you know, those secondhand stores, and I picked up a bunch of just plain coffee cups, and that's what my kids used for their milk because they were heavy. They couldn't knock them over. <laughs> This was before the days of sippy, sippy cups. Now mothers have it made. I'm sorry. <laughs> but my, and I wasn't angry at her. I was just angry at the spilt milk. And so when something like that happens in my life, it's something unexpected. I don't go, oh, you know, spilt milk. It's okay, honey. Mommy pick, clean it up. No, no, no. <laughs> I just had that flash of anger. In other words, that bile would hit my, <laughs> you know, my gallbladder. And I would just get angry. If I dropped a, something and broke it or if I, you know, accidentally burnt myself, it, my first response to everything is anger. It's all I can do to keep the anger under control. See, that's my weakness. Everybody has a weakness. Everybody does. None of us are exempt. Like I said, it's all I can do to keep my anger under control most of the time. And, but at the same time, I'm not angry. I'm laughing. I enjoy everything. I, I love my life. I love getting up in the morning and having a new adventure every single day. But at the same time, I stub my toe, I'm going to get angry. <laughs> Does that make sense, right? See, that's, that's, like I said, that's the flip side. And everyone has a flip side. It, it's not necessarily hidden. It's just a flip side. And so, like I said... Back to the asthma. When you when I try to explain to persons that, you know, hey, let's talk about, you know, when did you start getting asthma? I was talking to a gentleman not too long ago, and he said, oh, when I was, he, he developed asthma. He said it was sports-induced asthma, and I says, when did you get it? And he says, well, it wasn't in high school when he was in sports and things like that. It was when he lost his job, and he was going through a huge crisis trying to raise his family. What's the first thing that hits? asthma because that's his his it's emotion for him it, to him you know I don't know exactly what his thoughts were but for 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 that type of stress to hit him in the lungs that was that was deep-seated that was deep emotion for it to hit him in the lungs like that and so you know we have remedies like this that can help us you know get out of acute situations it may or may not be his actual remedy I don't know I'm just saying that when we have a weakness in that area, then the remedy that we're going to be looking for has an affinity for the lungs. Because everything God does makes sense. Everything, guys. And the remedy that we're most like is going to be the one that's going to be our simulum that's going to help us to bring balance again. Because we only, when we, when something affects us, you know, like I said, it should only be a short term. It should not set up house and become the, the seat of chronic disease. It should just be something we take in. And if we're balanced with our, our physical, our mental, and our emotions, 
it, like I say, if we're balanced, it's going to be something that comes, we deal with, and it goes away. But so, so many of us are not balanced. <laughs> I'm pointing my finger here, folks. Um, it's so, so many of us aren't balanced. And why aren't we balanced? Most of the time, okay, I'm just going to say it. We live in America, okay? <laughs> we're spoiled rotten. We seem to think that we're entitled. We think we're entitled to a good place to live, great food, friends, family, entertainment. We think we should be able to drive any kind of car we want, have recreational vehicles and or boats or, you know, toys. I'm sorry, we in America are really rather spoiled. And because we're spoiled, we tend not to handle things the way God intended for us to handle them. We tend to feel sorry for ourselves. And so therefore we let, we dwell upon our emotions or we dwell upon our, you know, like say we have a financial hiccup. We tend to dwell on that too long. And if we dwell on something too long and don't kick it out and say, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to stop dwelling on this, then that can become the seed of disease and within our own body because the mind has to throw it externally. It has to throw it towards the body or it will break. So it throws it to the body and says, here, body, you deal with it, okay? As soon as you can get rid of it, then we're good. And that's the way our bodies work because God is orderly. And he wants us to feel with our corporal body what it's doing to us. And once we can understand that, then, you know, it's okay. <laughs> then, we're, then, we can feel, then we can feel sorry, more sorry for our own weaknesses because that's where it's hit us. And that's, that's what God wants us to see. So I don't know. I hope this helps you. I mean, I know it helps me to understand the, my own weaknesses and to be embarrassed because I have so many weaknesses. And I think when we can all see that, you know, we have people <laughs> who we have hypochondriacs running around out there. OK, and they think they have everything, you know, <laughs> but that's OK. That's who they are. We just have to help them find balance and so they can enjoy their life. And there are people who, you know, have no, no physical ailments. They just plod through life. The, their organs are aging. Their bodies are aging. But their mind is happy. They smile. They deal with people in front of them. And they just go about their own business. They don't seem to have any aches, pains, or, you know. <laughs> and those are people who are more balanced than the rest of us. It's not to say they're not going to die. <laughs> because they will, because their body is aging. It's just that there's nothing it, that needs immediate attention. And so, therefore, they have no symptoms. And so, you know, I meet people like that, and I'm like, oh, how do you do, how do you be so strong? How do you, how are, is it you're so balanced? You know, and it's usually just a, a nice balance between work, play, rest, relaxation, good food, dealing with their family in a proper manner, they're just balanced. So that's what we're all striving for. But when we're, when we have these lung issues or we have this nausea, and like I said, it's kind of funny because even mothers that, you know, when they become nauseous like this, it can actually be the baby reflecting upon them. Very often I tell mothers, I says, if you're having a lot of nausea, it's probably a mineral imbalance. But very often, like I said, it can actually be the child reflecting upon the mother. And so regardless of the reason, we take remedies that are most like what we're dealing with. So this dyspnea, um, which is actually shortness of breath from constriction of the chest, 
worse from any exertion, cough with vomiting, whooping cough, violent racking, expectoration with ropey mucus, inflammatory condition of mucous membrane with the, in the larynx, trachea, or bronchi. See, this would have been this, this crud that's been going around all winter. This might have been a really good remedy. I know we took this in the tincture form and had great results. I love lobelia in the tincture form, and that's why I like to use it in like a 3x potency when I'm using this remedy because it works so fantastic. If it's something that you think is being brought on by emotions, you can take it in a higher potency and have good luck because there again, it's, it's affecting the mind and then the body. But when it's something like a cough and it's actually settled in the chest, once it's settled, I like the lower potencies. I've got a little picture in here on how it's a vasodilator so you can see how the blood goes through the veins here and it actually will constrict. It has that, that, the tendency to dilate a constricted vein. So you can see that in this little picture here. But other than that, like I said, it's just um, being a vasodilation remedy. It has an effect on the smooth muscles, the cells and the arteries caused by an increase of blood flow. And that's why I say it's such a good pregnancy remedy because of the increase of blood flow. Um, so with all that said, <laughs> I know it got a bit personal here in this podcast, but you know what? We just need to hear it. We, I don't think we can hear it enough. And, you know, because we have, until we can admit our own feelings, we are always going to struggle to try to overcome them without actually ever seeing ourselves. We can find all the remedies in the world, but we can find one that's going to take away one symptom or one's going to take away another symptom. But until we can see ourselves for, you know, kind of the, I don't know, I won't, I won't say we're bad. It's just that we're weak. You know, I don't, the people I deal with, I, I honestly say, like, even when I go to seminars and the people in our members group, they are such wonderful, wonderful people. But none of us are without our ailments. And I, and I say that with love because those ailments are, are just, a, just a way of our mind throwing our illnesses, our weaknesses outward, and they go towards our weakness. We find remedies to help bring balance. It's, it's God in his goodness has given us these remedies so that we can bring balance a little bit easier. And at the same time, it's great to be able to see ourselves in those weaknesses. I just don't want us to forget that for everything, we need to be able to see ourselves. I know I tell people, I says I had a great doctor that was teaching case taking, and he taught us. He said that with every case you take, you should see a little of yourself in others. And you know, he, he says, because if you don't, you haven't taken the case properly. Because all mankind, we all have these weaknesses. We all have our failings. And it's through charity and generosity that we can share in these weaknesses and that we share by giving of ourselves, we share with others. And we actually, in our sympathy, I think we heal a little bit of ourselves with every time we're sympathetic to someone else. Because again, God wants us to have that sympathy and charity towards others. He doesn't necessarily want us to become complacent or to look the other direction or, or not acknowledge certain things are going wrong, but he wants us to have that kind of sympathy so that we can be stronger in and of ourselves. So I just say that because anything to do with the lungs, it's just pure emotion. And it's, and I have, I have a deep sympathy for persons who have so much emotion and so much love 
that they're afraid of losing it and it, and it lands in their lungs. All right. With that, I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> okay. May God bless you and yours. Thanks for listening to this episode of Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Please visit Sue on her website, homeopathyformommies.com, and join us right here at homeopathyformommiesradio.com. Wednesday, noon Eastern. As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.